what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. What is going on, my guys, dolls, and non-binary pals? Welcome back to whatever, the show where we talk about whatever. I'm Cameron, she's Caitlin, and how was your day? It was long. Long? Yeah, my day was long too. I hurt everywhere. Uh, today, I wanted to talk. We wanted to talk to you, to you guys about something interesting that I found on TikTok the other day. Uh, some interesting, int- uh, blah, 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 blah. an interesting story related to 9/11. And I promised I could speak more clearly telling the story than I can I did just now. But before we get into that, uh, a couple announcements. Uh, one, uh, I'm going to be switching around the schedule of these episodes a little bit. I'm dropping the Smealcast for now, and I'm going to experiment with just doing uh, Friday episodes, at least for a couple weeks, so there might not be a news episode after this one, so just so you're all warned. And also, another announcement, Caitlin, in two days is going to be your birthday. Don't tell people that. I don't want to be old. <laughs> hey, you remind me all the time that I'm getting old, so it's nice to have it the shoe on the other foot. Yeah, because you're almost... Yeah, and. <laughs> but, yeah, I guess with those out of the way, let's get into it. My birthday's on Saturday at 327. I'm very excited. You sure sound excited. Uh, yeah, I'm a Leo and I get to be the center of attention all day. Are you kidding me? That's like my shit. <laughs> of course. Anytime where Caitlin's the center of attention. It's a good day. When I'm the center of attention, it's a great day. It's a great, great day, day off. <laughs> Nah, dude! Life's a beach in your hair, dude. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Let's uh, get into the story, shall we? So, the... I guess, it's not really a story, but I have a title for this, and you've already... You did already... Bless you, Dorian. I really hope my microphone picked that up. But, uh... Anyway, the title of this whole thing, I guess, is called The Woman Who Wasn't There. And there's actually, there's actually a whole documentary about this too, what we're about to talk about today. Um, so most of you, I'm hoping most of you, some of you might not, but some of you might remember uh, 9-11. Do you remember 9-11? I can tell you exactly what I was doing when I heard about 9-11. Yeah, I think I was eight years old when that happened. And in case you're too young to know what 9-11 was... Basically, it was September 11th, 2001. Oh, God, that makes me feel even older. <laughs> September 11th, 2001. Uh, there are... Two, was it two planes? Three of them? There was three planes. Two hit the World Trade Center, the North and South Tower, and then one hit the... Actually, there was four. Because one hit the Pentagon and one went down in Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah, I forgot because about the that. the passengers of that one were like, not today, Satan. But when everybody talks about 9-11, you immediately think of... Uh, you know, the Twin Towers, New York. Um, like I said, I was eight years old when this happened, and I remember when it happened. I think I was in school. I can't remember what grade I was in at uh, eight years you old. You were in third because I was in second. Sure. But I remember just in the middle of class, our principal came over the intercom and 
told, you know, basically told everyone what just happened. And I was I was really confused at the time because I was like, I don't know what any of this means. I was too young to understand it. Our principal didn't tell us what was going on. She just came over the intercom and she was like, teachers, please turn on Care 11 News. And then, um, then when I went home, I wasn't paying attention because I was a wee bab. But then when I went home, I remember my mom was on the phone, I think with my dad. And... She was standing in the middle of the living room with her hand over her mouth and her eyes were like red and puppy and she she had been crying. And I remember thinking like, oh, we watched that movie in school today because I had no idea what was going on. Well, of course, as a little kid, you thought it was a movie at first and you're just like, okay, what are, you know, what, what, what this movie was? And you're, and then later in life, you're like, oh, wait, this actually happened. But, uh. Yeah, so obviously, you know, 9-11 was a terrible incident, and it's, you know, one, definitely one for the history books, and it, yeah, it makes me feel really old that a lot of people don't remember that. Especially, I mean, I mean, it makes sense if there were kids that were born in 2001, which, oh god, kids that are born in 2001 are only 20 years old. Yikes. Can you stop reminding me how old I'm getting? I'm already having a hard time with 27, and you're making it worse. But the topic, and so after 9-11, there was a lot of support things that came out, like a lot of programs, uh, a lot of people in the country came together, I mean, shortly, only for a couple of days, and then fucking America went into chaos again, like it usually does. But the subject of today's episode we want to talk about is one particular woman who goes by the name of Tanya Head. The woman who wasn't there. Now, Tanya had, she started out, you know, she was, she said that her husband died. She was above the point of impact and her husband died or her fiance died in the, in the attacks. And she did all this stuff for, she did all this stuff for support groups. She did, you know, she talked to people. She, she inspired a lot of people and she actually donated a lot of money. And, you know, sounds like a good person, right? Well, here's the twist on it. I don't care. Okay, but you're yelling into my ear. So here's the twist. All that was a lie. So, like I said, she went on this whole thing of like donating a bunch of stuff, doing all kinds of work. But then people, the more people asked her about it, the more she started to get her stories mixed up. Like when people asked about her, you know, her fiance, sometimes she would refer to her fiance. To the guy as her fiance died, and she would say like, "Oh, my husband died." So half the time she would say fiance, and the other half of the time she would say husband. Um, well, yeah, but I mean, to play devil's devil's advocate here, sometimes when I'm in a conversation, I sometimes refer to you as my boyfriend or fiance, just because. Yeah, well, there's. It depends on the point in time that I'm telling the story, I guess. But sometimes I trip up and I'm like, oh, no, wait. Yeah, but that's the thing. When you're t- referring to, like, a national tragedy, it's probably a good idea to have your story straight. Well, that is true. But, um, but, but again, to play devil's advocate, I could see where sometimes it would be fiancé, sometimes it would be husband. I work with a girl who was engaged and her and her fiancé broke up and then they got back together, but she still refers to him as her husband, even though technically they're not married. Oh, yeah, but... So, with that whole mix-up, you know, sometimes her saying 
fiance, sometimes husband, a lot of people started getting a little suspicious. And so I just, when, uh, God, I'm trying to remember. I have the, oh, here's the whole thing. I'm reading this off the Wikipedia under Claims Disputed. In September 2007, the New York Times sought to verify key details of Head's story as part of an anniversary piece. Head claimed a degree from Harvard University and a graduate business degree from Stanford University, but those institutions had no record of her. She claimed she had been working at Merrill Lynch in the South Tower, but Merrill Lynch had no record of her employment, nor did Merrill Lynch have offices in the World Trade Center at the time of the attacks. Head backed out of three scheduled interviews and later refused to speak to reporters at all. The Times then contacted other members of the Survivors Network and raised questions about the veracity of Head's story. By the week of September 27, 2007, the network voted to remove her as president and as a director of the group. Network, referring to the World Trade Center Survivors Network, which was basically a whole, like a support group for people who survived the attacks. And, uh, you know, so the, the World Trade Center Survivors Network were basically a group of people that, you know, helped other survivors, helped the community, and they all came together to talk about what happened on that day. As part of like a, I guess kind of like a therapy type thing. Well, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, that was a, it was a national tragedy, and the people that survived that have got to be traumatized for life. Like, I can't, I can't even imagine, I can't even begin to imagine what those people go through. Let's see, uh, she, uh, Tanya had, she claimed to have been inside the South Tower when United States Air, Air United Airlines Flight 175 hit crawling through smoke and flames on the 78th floor and sustaining severe burns to her arm. If true, this would have made her one of only 19 people at or above the point of impact to survive. Head claimed that her fiancé Dave was killed in the North Tower, though in later tellings of the story, she said that Dave was actually her husband, which I already touched on. Mm -hmm. She also claimed that a dying man passed his wedding ring to her so it could be returned to his widow, and that she had been rescued by Wells Crowther, whose heroic actions on that day were widely reported in the media. Head was interviewed in the media, invited to speak at university conferences, and in 2005 was chosen to lead tours for the Tribute WTC Visitor Center, where she was photographed with New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg, former Mayor Rudy Giuliani, and former New York Governor George Pataki. Sorry. (laughs) Head regularly recounted her claims to Ground Zero, Tour, tr- tour groups in vivid detail, saying, I was there at the towers. I'm a survivor. I'm going to tell you about that. She was featured in retrospective 9-11 articles as a representative of the 20,000 surviving victims who escaped the damaged buildings. Richard Zimbler, her successor as president of the World Trade Center Survivors Network, said, There was no reason to doubt her story. She looked the part. She had a badly injured arm that appeared to have burn scars, and her story was very, very realistic. So... And that's the that's the biggest thing about this whole thing. She was so good at lying about everything that so many people actually believed her. She, uh, that's I think that's the worst part. That's the kind of stuff I hate. You know, when somebody's way too good of a liar. Right. Hi, welcome back. Enjoy your ice cream. I was tracking my shark. Oh, yeah. Do you want to share that a little bit? Yeah. Um, so Take a pause from the story so Kate uh, can tell you about her shark. 
it's a good thing. It's for a good thing. So, I'm obsessed with sharks and oceanic conservation in general, but mostly the sharks. Um, so there is this website called Wildlife Collections, and you make a donation to the website, and they send you a bracelet, which is pretty cool. I have a pink beaded bracelet with a little shark on it. Um, but then in return, what they do is they send you a little postcard with a tracking QR code on it, and that QR code is assigned to a specific shark that's been tagged. So you can, like, it's a satellite tag shark, so you can track them in real time. Um, my particular shark is a scalloped male hammerhead. His name is Anchor. He was tagged off the coast of Tampa, Florida. He's small and still growing. He's in healthy condition. Um, and right now he looks like he is... He's hanging out on the East Coast. He was in New York a couple days ago, and now it looks like he's headed back to Tampa. Um, but yeah, it's super cool. It's for a good cause. Every every dollar donated, every cent donated, everything donated goes to um, Oceanic Conservation and helping these incredible um, organizations that are tracking and tagging sharks and trying to make um, try to make the coastline safer for both humans and ocean animals and it's just it's something that i'm i'm very passionate about and i care a lot about uh what's the website called wildlife collections all right so yeah i guess if you guys wanted to take part in that i'll put the link to that in the description of this podcast so you know you can track your very own shark and it was cheap it was like 15 bucks it's not bad might have to do that We've already covered, you know, a lot of, basically already covered that she lied about pretty much everything. Um, This thing on the Wikipedia continues to say, Among other questionable elements of Head's story was her engagement to a man named Big Dave, who had perished in the opposite tower. The man's family claimed to have never, to have never heard of Tanya Head. The man's surname was withheld in the article to respect his family's privacy. Excuse me. And here's the kicker. Or here's two tickers, actually. One, Tanya is not even her real name. Her real name is Alicia. And during the 9-11 attacks, she was nowhere near New York. She was in Barcelona. I just don't understand why you lie about Barcelona newspaper La Vanguardia ultimately revealed that Head had been in class at... S-E-S-A-D-E in Barcelona during the 9-11 attacks where she told her or she had told her classmates that her starred arm was the result of an automobile accident or alternatively a horse riding accident many years later. La Vanguardia reported that Head attended the classes in the program until June 2002 and had told classmates she wanted to work in New York. So yeah, she didn't even get to New York until like a year or two after the attacks. And then try to do this whole bullshit thing of like, oh yeah, I was there, I was there, oh, it was so tragic. That's just... Why would you, like, I just... I suppose at that time she figured a lot of the country was like, vulnerable. And the shitty thing is that she took advantage of that. Oh yeah. I mean, I get wanting to be 
let alone in the state. Yeah, like I said, there's this whole documentary on this. Uh, it's it's literally called The Woman Who Wasn't There. Streaming on Hulu. Is it on Hulu? Uh, aftermath. After Head's fraud, after Head's fraud was exposed, she declined all further interviews and abruptly left New York. I mean, no shit. <laughs> right. As soon as I mean, as soon as you're found out as a fake, you gotta get the fuck out of town. In February 2008, an anonymous email was sent from a Spanish account to members of the World Trade Center Survivors Network claiming that Head had committed suicide. In 2012, oh God. In 2012, a book and feature film documentary, both titled The Woman Who Wasn't There, told Head's story from <coughs> God, excuse me. <coughs> told Head's story from inside the World Trade Center Survivors Network, utilizing interviews with Ed and members of the New York of the network before and after her deception was revealed. Both the book and film noted that Ed was seen with her mother in New York on September 14, 2011. In July 2012, Ed was fired from her position at Interpartner Assistance, an insurance company in Barcelona, once her employees found out about her ruse in New York. So... It seems like she's still alive. Because a bunch of people spread a rumor that she killed herself. But I guess, you know, she's still she's still around. Or, I don't know. She might still be around. Who knows? She basically, you know, she disappeared off the face of the earth. And for good reason. Uh, is there anything... Yeah, I just I found about the, this, found out about the story on TikTok, and I want to do a short little episode on this because it seemed really interesting. But yeah, it's just yeah, I definitely agree with you. Like, what kind of how shitty of a person you have to be to lie about being a part of a national tragedy when you weren't even in the country? Like, America was already so vulnerable at that point, and you took advantage of that, and she took advantage of that. See, this is why I don't fucking trust people. <laughs> well, that and all the FBI shows I watch. Yeah. That's gonna... You really gotta slow down there a I little am bit. so fucking paranoid. But you know what? That's gonna save my life one day. Just you watch. Yeah, there's gonna be a whole generation of women that are gonna grow they're going to be involved in like some weird crime thing. And they're like, oh, I know just what to do in this situation. I'm going to be walking to my car one day and I'm going to be like, I'm picking up really sketch vibes and I'm just going to like. <laughs> There's an old John Mulaney joke where he was talking about how he loved to watch Law and Order. And he was like saying this thing where like he and his a, a couple of his buddies were walking like from a game through a parking garage. And they're, or no, he was just walking with his buddies through a parking garage, and he's like, Hey, did you see the game last night? The ref should get his eyes checked. And he's like, Wait a minute. Empty parking garage, vague and shitty dialogue. We're about to find a dead body. <laughs> right? Here's the thing You want to know why I don't go hiking? Other than it's bullshit. Because, or running, or any of that, because hikers and runners are either A, the people that find the dead bodies, or B, become the dead bodies. And I'm not trying to have any part of either of that. See, I don't run, just I don't have the stamina for it. 
but that was. I'm glad uh, this isn't a video podcast. Right. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of the other gentleman joke as well as we were on that topic. Uh, it was, I think, about Law and Order, and he was making fun of the fact that, like, all the people they question about uh, murders or whatever are the same. He's like, Guy uh, who can't stop unloading or loading truck. And, like, there's, like, a bar owner, and they're, like, they're, they're asked to describe the person, and then they'll always be like, why? Did something happen to them? And then John Mulaney's like, yes, that's why the murder police are here. Something definitely happened. I love watching, like, crime shows, and, like, the detectives or the agents or whoever will be questioning people, and then they'll be like, is everything okay? Like, the fucking... The fucking fuzz, the feds, the G-men are in your bar at 2.30 in the afternoon on a Tuesday. Yes, something happened. If homicide detectives are questioning you about something, about somebody, more than likely, yes, something happened to them. Like, why would you even question it? And kind of going back to the thing, there's always the person in the show that, like, will not stop doing something. Like, other than boxes or, like, moving stuff. Like, they don't really care about it. They're like, oh, we want to ask you some questions. Like, yeah, yeah, well, you got to try to keep up with me because I got to get this truck unloaded. Like, stop for two seconds. Oh, my God. It's so hard for me to, like. The FBI is questioning you. Stop for five seconds to answer a goddamn question. It's hard for me to, like, watch some of these shows because I want to get really immersed into it. But there are things that I notice that are, like, like every oh, specific okay. show has a pattern. Like, okay, Bones, for example, they always question three people. Well, every crime show has the same formula. Well, yeah. You got the crime in the beginning, you got the team finding out about the crime, them getting all the clues, and then finding the culprit, or having a cliffhanger to the next episode. But like in Bones specifically, they always question three or four people, and then they always circle back to the first one they question. The first one they question is more often not always the one responsible. Well, yeah, because the first one usually is lying about everything. But I was watching Numbers the other day. And it was an episode, and I'm not going to spoil anything, because if you haven't seen numbers, like, first of all, how dare you? But second of all, it ran from 2005 to 2010, so I do not feel bad about spoiling any of this. But, like, Don Epps is an FBI agent, and he lives with his, or he doesn't live with, but it involves his father, um, Alan Epps, and his brother, who is a, like, genius math professor who helps him like solve cases using numbers i mean it's it's a really good show anyway you find out that don epps or not don epps um you find out that alan used to be kind of a hippie back in the day so it was like don was making the joke like the one thing i ever did to disappoint you was join the fbi or whatever and alan was like yeah g-man and then (laughs) and then epps looked at him and like threw squinty eyes and shot back you hippie, or like something like those, or commie, or something like that. It was so funny. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, no, but I, look- I got it, like, because I was like, I don't know. I keep hearing this term, like G man. I don't know what that means. It's fucking government man. <laughs> I was like, the only G man. The only t- the only thing I know G man from is uh, the Half Life games, because there's a character in that that's like omnipresent, called G man. Yeah, that's a really good show. But because I watch, like, Numbers and Criminal Minds and all that shit, like, I am prepared for anything. (laughs) 
you are not going to catch me tripping. You are not going to catch me. Like, you're going to be walking one of these nights, and you're going to come across a dead body, and you're going to start investigating, like, I had to put time of death about uh, two days ago. I know enough about, like, if I were to stumble upon a dead body, I would hop my happy ass back in the car and call 911 immediately. I'm not sticking around to find out what happened. Right. You got me, especially if it's fresh. Oh, no. You got me fucked up. Or, like, the one mistake a lot of these victims make is, like, they'll be walking or whatever, and then, like, walk through a park, and then they'll hear a noise, and then they'll go towards the noise. Don't ever, ever go towards the noise. Like, hello, is someone there? Like, no, you hear a noise in the park, you get the fuck out of there. Like, even, and I hate to say this, and this is probably the reason I'm going to hell, and if that's the, if that's the case, I'll make my peace with it, but if I heard, like... A baby crying, my first reaction wouldn't be, oh my god, there's a baby crying, I have to go see if it's okay. My first thought would be, that's a recording of a baby crying and somebody's trying to kill me. <laughs> Either that or it's an actual baby that's used as bait. Either way, I'm getting the hell out of there. I'll call the, that's what the police are for. <laughs> and so, yeah, either call the police or let the coyotes at it. You are not going to catch me. <laughs> like, fuck that. There was, it reminds me of this video I saw, it was like, it's like in one of those like kids trick-or-treating compilations, and it's this little girl, I think she's dressed up as like Dorothy from Wizard of Oz, Yeah. and she walks up to this house and there's this big like, I don't know if it's an actual person in it or it's just a decoration, but it's like this goblin thing that starts like moving around and screaming, and the little girl doesn't even scream, her eyes get wide, she turns around and she's like, no thanks, <laughs> it's like, no thank you. I love kids. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> like, she doesn't even really get scared. Her eyes go in. She's just like, nope. Nope. <laughs> Walks away. And then there's that, I can't remember her last name, but that Katie girl. The one who was like, look at this. It's oh, yeah. bats. I have these freaking bats. bats. I love Halloween. I freaking love bats. She, yeah, she's also the I smell like beef girl. <laughs> I, I smell, smell like beef. beef. <laughs> I smell like beef. Oh, God, my back hurts. But, um, yeah, nice little tangent we went off of after talking about Tanya Head. But, yeah, I guess to wrap this whole episode up, Tanya, or Alicia Head, is a fraud and a liar. Oh, and also, I probably should add about that, because I forgot to mention it. Uh, she didn't face any legal, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Repercussions. Legal repercussions for any of this. Just technically, she didn't do anything illegal. She never stole money gonna, from anything. I was going to say, technically, technically, no laws have been broken. Yeah, she didn't take money from anybody. She didn't do anything illegal, technically. She just lied about a bunch of stuff. So basically, she got shunned. Shunned the non-believer. Shunned the non-believer. Shunned. Shun. <laughs> uh, God, we are old. Yeah, most people. Uh, yeah, yeah, most people now don't even know about Charlie and the Unicorn. It's a magic Leo Perodon. Daily <laughs> man, Charlie. I took my friend to kidneys. And uh, yeah, I guess that's gonna be it for this episode. It was shorter than we usually go, but yeah, I just wanted to share that thing about Tiny Head because I thought it was really interesting to talk about, and I hope you thought found it interesting too. Uh, let me know what you guys want me to talk about next on this show. 
Uh, this is either going to come out, I think this one is going to come out Friday, and then the next episode I might go back to Saturdays just to just experiment a little bit. But yeah, uh, let me know what you guys want me to talk about next. Uh, social medias will all be in the description in the link tree. Yeah, oh, my... I thought you were going to say, like, if you wanted to talk about the social media issue, and I was going to chime in and be like, social social media will be the death of us all. That's a topic for another day. Social media was designed to trip you up. Okay, put your tinfoil hat away for now. We'll talk about that another day. <laughs> I have, I, I could, I could, I could, I could. You could. Yeah. You very well could. But yeah, all my social medias. I have a fucking laundry list of conspiracy theories. <laughs> but yeah, my, my social medias, all SuperTab64. It'll all be in the link tree. Uh, also in the description, you know, voice message link, uh, the support link. If you want to support this podcast and, you know, help us move out of this apartment come September, you know, truly appreciate it. You don't have to, but, you know. Also. It's very appreciated. We're going to put the link in for the wildlife collections. Yes. Um, seriously consider helping or donating or whatever you want to do because even if you just share it, that helps. Um, we don't get anything from this. This is just me being like do the thing um yeah our oceans this is another like it's not a conspiracy theory because it's scientifically backed but um our oceans are going to die without sharks and sharks there are about a million sharks killed per year just for shark fin soup um and it's just it's if you have um Discovery Plus, or if you have access to the Discovery Channel, Eli Roth did a fascinating, heartbreaking documentary called Finn, and I would highly recommend it. Um, but our oceans will die without sharks, and if our oceans die, we are not far behind. So, yeah, please de- consider conservation. Please consider at least reading the website. Do your research. Do your homework. It's it's a very... The oceans are truly our lifeblood, and without them, we don't stand a chance. Yeah, in the description, yeah, along with, you know, all the other stuff I just mentioned, I will definitely put the link to that in the description of the while. So, yeah, definitely consider that. And with that, I think we're going to call it an episode. You know, we got a long day ahead of us tomorrow. <laughs> so, yeah, we do. call it a night for now. We got a wedding we got a to go to. a long weekend ahead of us. Yeah, with the wedding and your birthday. It's my birthday. But, yeah, that's going to be it for this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, bless your face. If you sneeze while listening, bless you. Uh, you know, drink plenty of water, stay hydrated, get vaccinated, and I'll talk to you guys later. Vaccinate your crotch goblins. <laughs> Vaccinate your crotch goblins, yes. Uh, with that, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye bye. <laughs>